Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to week one of the regular season for the United States Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marchalina. Joining me once again, Dairyfield School Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, I uh, hope you're nice and warmed up and ready to go. After the, after yesterday and last night, I am I'm definitely glad to be indoors right now. Uh, we're again recording this at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. Uh, you can send us questions for an upcoming show by emailing nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, the show's available Thursday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes. Uh, so let's, uh, let's jump right in with a couple of games um, that I wanted to talk about. Uh, first off, one that you and I were just, uh, just at this evening uh, over at Stello Stadium here in Nashua. Uh, with a interdivision or a uh, I don't know is that the right word cross division, uh, out of division something, two teams that aren't in the same division uh, <laughs> with Nashua South hosting Winnicott, um in the opener for both teams. Which uh, I think a couple weeks ago when we saw that on the schedule, we both were kind of like, hmm, that sounds like a this was an interesting really, matchup. Yeah, this was a really interesting matchup. One that I think both teams, you know kind of maybe wish that they were playing later in the season based on implications that it could have for the playoffs and stuff like that but a, a really uh, a really good game one that uh, started out it didn't look like it was going to be be as uh, as good as it was down the stretch Nashua South jumping out to a, to a big well, lead I it think was uh, 7-2 at one point maybe even 8-3 eight, eight, but you that know, first quarter um, that first quarter was much more what I yeah. expected was back yeah. and forth and it was I think it was a 3-2 game at the end of the first uh, quarter. But you're right. Even you're right. It was at one yeah. point two yeah. to one, uh, 3-2, and then yeah, and then uh, Nashua and then South got some momentum going and uh, you know started started to pull away there. Really good ball movement by Nashua, Nashua South. Um, excellent spacing, off ball cutting. You know, Winnicott was playing a, a tight, packed in zone, and uh, you know just good ball movement by by Nashua South. And I think the other big thing was was ball control. The faceoff circle was a Huge advantage for Nashua South there. Yeah, it's, um, um, Jaden Dupont, I think, is a, a yep. first time, at least as a starter. I don't know if he was their faceoff guy last year. I'm not not sure about that. I believe but a recent commit to NEC yeah. as well. Yeah, um, you know, a nice pickup for NEC there. Um, you know, I think I think, and then as the game went on, when it kind of adjusted by actually playing more of the body, which. Um, you know, if I if I was the Nashua South coaches, I would I would have been talking to the refs a little bit because that's actually illegal. You have to you have to play the uh, you have to play the ball and not the body. They've taken that rule, they've taken that away, and it looked like that was Winnicott's game plan in the second half is to kind of just get up and and try and knock the guy off the off the clamp because they were Nashua South was doing a great job of winning the clamp, and then uh, so that kind of changed momentum a little bit there. And you, then, you uh, mean on the face offs? On the face offs, yeah. To, okay. Yeah. Um, but overall, impressive win for Nashua South, and one that sets them up uh, down the road there for for a good playoff seed. You know, and it was, um, you know, to, to what you were saying, it was ten four, um, with just under six minutes left in that for in the third quarter. Excuse it me. It felt like things were in control at it, that it, point. Yeah, and then uh, you know, Winnicott got a couple of, excuse me, got a goal, three goals to end the quarter, make it ten seven, and then they scored the first two to open the fourth quarter. It's a ten nine game with about nine and a half minutes left. And it, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Joe. Sitting up in the stands, I felt like I felt like that game. It was slipping away, and I felt like the way yeah. it just felt yep. tight. And and I give the Nashua South kids credit, yep. and I give their coaching staff credit. They didn't waver from their game plan, and then they went back to attacking. And um, again, faceoff circle made a difference. They were able to get possessions there. But uh, those kids, you know, momentum was definitely swinging, and it felt like you know, Winnicott, a very senior laden team, felt like they had all the all the momentum going, and the Nashua South kids grabbed it right back, and it's a it was a nice victory for them. You know, I don't. Th it wasn't just that that um, 
you know, South was winning faceoffs um, early in that first fourth quarter. It was, you know, just their inability to hang on to the ball on offense. I think uh, the first goal in that fourth quarter was off a, you know, pretty bad or was a, on a bad clear and a one-on-one goal um, for Winnicott. And then the next one, you know, South turns the ball over and it's the middle of the field's wide open when it kind of went straight down the field and scored. So it's, or I might have those backwards. I'm not, I'm not positive. Um, but, but I mean, it was, you're right. It felt like all the momentum had shifted. Um, and then South gets, you know, a really nice goal from Jaden Murphy and he scores the next two after that. And I, I, it wasn't maybe quite game over at that point, but it certainly was close. Once they established, they got back a three or four goal lead. They, you know, especially with the way things were going in the faceoff circle, it felt, you know, and, they, and to the coaches, to their credit, you know, you could hear them on the side and they're going, hey, if they're going to sit in his own, we'll just, we'll spin the ball around. Yeah. They can come out yeah. and play us, right? And, you know, they're almost taunting the other team, daring them to come out. And, uh, you know, the other team screaming, you know, they, they're not attacking the net. It's like, yeah, well, you're not playing defense. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't understand why that doesn't work in basketball. You know, everyone gets, a, and including myself, gets annoyed when, when teams take the air out of the ball and no one is, oh, we don't need any, you know, don't need to worry about that. No shot clock needed or anything. But in lacrosse, it always seems to, you know, it, it, teams come out and play immediately. Like it, if you're just going to pass it around. I don't know why. I don't know why it's so much different. I, it shouldn't be any different in lacrosse. You know, I mean, that is as you want to play his own defense. Well, OK, well, it's my choice as a, as a coach, as an offensive coordinator to then to then move the ball around, especially if I've got a three or four goal lead. Why? Why? Why would I attack the net at that point? You know, it's part of the part of the rules of the game. So, you know, come out and attack. And uh, when it kind of did do that at times and they didn't look bad, they played good man. They played some really good man to man defense. So it might be something to watch as the season goes on. You know, do they continue to sit in that zone or do they come out and play more man to man because they they're a very athletic team, and they could they could get up and down the down the field. In fact, I would argue that a lot of their goals came from uh, broken transition and and using their speed yeah. to their advantage. So I don't know. It might be might be a storyline to watch as the season goes on with Winnicott. You know, I, I think the big thing for South in this game, um, and I, I asked uh, Bill Monson after it about it after the game. You know, in a, in a, the last couple of years, do you win this game and? You know, his answer was that he really didn't think so. That that, you know, in past years, that that, you know, some of the teams that he had might have just not been able to, f- you know, dig deep and find whatever it is there. But this group that he's got this year, there's just, you know, something a little bit different with them. Um, you know, and they were able to pull it out. And then, you know, they've got, it, it, looking at it, it's kind of a big one for them. You know, they go to Hanover on Friday. Um, then they're at home against Exeter, uh, the 15th, which is Monday. And then they have to go to Chelmsford and to Salem um, to finish out the week before vacation. So, I mean, that's uh, this it could end up being a key win for them. It, sh- it could be a real big win for them with the, w- with the way their schedule is. There, there's, there's really no gimme weeks in there. They've, they've got, a, they've got a, a really tough schedule. I think, you know, going up to Hanover, they've got to be careful with that. But I think the time is – the time is right to get Hanover, given the fact that they haven't really had a whole lot of practice time on a full field. But then I look, you know, <laughs> Hanover plays Exeter to an 11-3 game. And so you don't know what happened in that. Maybe maybe they played a zone. Maybe Exeter hadn't had a lot of zone. But, I mean, I don't know. That turns my head a little bit that, that they were able to uh, contain Exeter's high-power offense to an 11-3 game. Um, so South does have to be careful. But if they can get that one and roll into Exeter at home, you know, anything, we'll, we'll see if they're for real. And then Winnicott has this team that you might have heard of, uh, Dairyfield, coming up on Friday. 
Um, but, you know, their their schedule over the next week is not that, you know, I- they've got St. Thomas after that um, and then Goffstown. And St. Thomas, I don't know if you saw today, coming up with a, a, an 8-7 win over Merrimack Valley, who, you know, was um, a team that you, you kind of thought yeah, was a, a, have, uh, highly rated this year. I had a, I had a great conversation with uh, Coach Houlihan after, afterwards. He, he called me, and, um, you know, they jumped out to an early 4-1 lead over Merrimack Valley, and then uh, – Valley with uh, w- w- with Mercier and Lacey at the midfield battled back and and, and took a uh, a six five lead and then uh, you know they St Thomas was able to pull it out in the end, um, you know I, I think like we talked about St Thomas kind of a team lying in the weeds a little bit that nobody is really paying attention to but they should because they're they're playing really well right now and a uh, chance to go you know three and zero on the season when they. Uh, they, they've got Goffstown coming up, so that that's a, that's going to be a key one for the standings on on Friday as well. Uh, as you know, as we said, um, Dairyfield goes to Winnicott on, on Friday. Um, you guys had a your season opener yesterday against Goffstown. What a great, what a and crazy what game! Was uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm standing there in the the first quarter. I think it was kind of drizzling, um, but not bad. I, but, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, you know, I, I was. Wasn't I wasn't. Was I wasn't concerned. Right. I, you know, I didn't. I didn't pack something to keep my camera and my notebook from getting wet that's how <laughs> unconcerned i was with the weather and then next thing i know i can't write on my note my notebook's too wet for my pen to, to write uh, i look at my camera and this the display on the back is like you know covered in in, in beads of water um and then there was hail uh <laughs> which and it was it fine was when it was hail <laughs> and then all of a sudden it turned to giant snowflakes and uh, uh yeah it was crazy i don't think i've ever played a real game and that kind of weather condition before by where the end of the game, I mean, there was close to two, three inches of snow on the field, you know, towards the end of that. And the JV game got nuts where, you know, the ball would go down on the ground and you could hardly get it. But, uh, you know, kind of a kind of a fun experience for the kids there to get to play in those conditions. Uh, you know, now with turf and everything else, we don't get in, we oftentimes games just either get canceled or, or you're playing on turf and you don't have to really adjust to conditions like that very often. Um, the footing definitely played played a factor in that second half there, and and to Goffstown's credit, they they took advantage of that. They did a nice job of, um, you know, a lot of change of direction, and um, you know they they made our guys work there. And so that that's you know I'm I'm really in, impressed with Coach Lewis's team there, uh, Nick Mason, Griffin Cook, uh, two two fantastic players that you know that team's going to get wo- uh, better and better as the season goes on. Caleb Gorton at the LSM. He had a, he had a great game. Um, played really good fundamental man-to-man defense. Um, so that's a team I would I would look for as the season goes on in Division Two. You know, and and I it, it almost was. I mean, I think you could draw a line like right in the middle of the game if you had mar- if I had marked when it started <laughs> to to snow because I, I think I said to you afterwards was ju- just it seemed to really have an effect on and uh, maybe the score did a little bit too. Um, you know, the fact that I think it was what eight. Eight three again, eight three eight two something like that. Um, it was you know, two, in the third it was eight quarter, two, and then uh, and then the and then the whole it, you know it was it was a weird weather momentum shift, and yeah. uh, you know, yeah. Goffstown definitely took advantage of it and and uh, started playing started playing really well. You know, looking at um, you know now we talked about the scrimmage you guys had last week, or you and I have talked about it. You know, and now you have a game under your belt. Um, you know, just looking at what you guys have put out there um you know what do you know now about your team that maybe you didn't 10 days ago 
Uh, you know, I, again, I talked to the guys today, and you know, I was impressed with uh, the depth that we were able to play, and, and guys that stepped up and, and showed that the the moment wasn't going to be too big for them, and we could trust them under pressure. And um, you know, impressed with how well we played on defense and the the tenacity and the the energy that we could play with. And but you know, I told them, I challenged them, we got to do that over four quarters now, and we're going to have a good test against uh, a Winnicott team that's that's you know we watched today that's very explosive that looked like. You know, the game was over, and then in a matter of six minutes was able to turn it on. You know, very high-powered, you know, a lot of good athletes, high-powered octane offense, and, um, you know, one that'll one that is probably going to get better as the season goes on. Yeah, a couple of uh, former division foes that you, you're familiar with played each other as Division One teams uh, to start out today, uh, with Dover beating Timberlane 11-7. to um, Kind of interesting one that, that they have to open up the year against each other, right? I almost looked at again. Probably one they probably would have liked to yeah, have played I was a little say, bit later. Yeah, in the I'm season. a little, I'm a little disappointed in that because number one, you know, I think they're both going to be have pretty good years, and it's tough to, you know, see teams, you know, see them open like that against each other. But also, it also tells me nothing about where they are compared to <laughs> the rest Other, of the, the division. Rest of the division. And that's kind of right? at yeah. this point, that's really what I want to know. I, selfish, know. selfish me. I want to know. Yeah. Four through. Yeah. Four through when I fill when I fill out my poll next week, where am I putting? <laughs> Um, certain teams. Well, you know? and, and I think uh, you know th that Timberland team. It was tied four to four at the half. When I when mm -hmm. I talked to Ken, you know, he felt he he really in, uh, thought his team was playing well. Spent way too much time in the penalty box in the third quarter, and it was nine four going into the fourth quarter. And so they, they battled back there. Um, you know, beat them three to two in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, you do you got to stay out of the penalty box, especially early early in the season when maybe your man down isn't as good as you'd like it to be. Um, but those are two teams. That, that's a big win for Dover and a, and a good one for them. And, and congratulations to Coach Liam Murphy on his, on his first uh, varsity win. You know, they've got um, – they're going to be on the road for the next couple of games here, going to Sauhegan and then Bedford. That's going to be a good one. That yeah, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see who, who comes out on that one. You know, is Sauhegan back? Are they healthy? Um, you know, can Dover does, – does Dover keep it rolling? Um, that that's a big one for playoff implications. Sauhegan was supposed to open at Salem yesterday. Um, I'm assuming that game got postponed, so they may not. That that looks like it's going to be Sauhegan's first game of the year, unless the other one gets made up, you know, before then. So, um, you know, that'll be interesting. Then Timberlane, you know, gets Salem, which is kind of interesting. I, I, that's almost like a automatic rival rival for them mm -hmm. up now up in Division One, and then they go to Goffstown, uh, you know which is uh, another you know, it's going uh, to be a challenge opponent. yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to be a challenge for them it'll be a battle you know the McCarthy brothers in the faceoff circle for for Goffstown you know can Matt Licata get the ball enough for Timberlane um, you know it'll, that, that'll be yeah that'll be a good game you know the other um, big result from this week or at least from today um, Pinkerton going down to Lincoln Sudbury I'd heard that they were up three to two, three to two early and end up uh, falling 11 to five. Not so quite. Uh, not sure myself what happened there, but I. I'm well, insider info. My oh, brother, okay. my brother's the offensive coordinator for Lincoln Sudbury, and uh, he just said, you know, the kids, the kids were angry at themselves after the first quarter for not playing well, and they came alive and just exploded. And uh, so one of the more complete, you know, my brother said it was one of the more complete games they've played all year. They they were ready. They they knew they had Pinkerton circled on their schedule. And, uh, right, they, they lost to, to him last year, didn't they? Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe it was an over overtime. It was overtime, and I'm trying to remember if they lost I'm to him or sure, if they came. Yeah. I think they did. I think they lost an overtime. I yeah, they came Pinkerton's all the way back, tied it up at the right, end, yep. 
and then uh, and then Pinkerton got him in overtime there. As I well. It's actually a 14-5 game. <coughs> I think I said 11. Um, so Pinkerton lost that one 14-5. You know, and then um, well, you, got you know the out of. Oh, I was going to say BG with their high-powered offense. They're coming out coming out with uh, Bedford there with a 17-8 win. Um, you know, showing that you know they are they're not going to be. Uh, not going to be lacking in the goal. And I was going to mention that, you know, they've got one of those big out-of-state games tomorrow night, um, you know, with Needing, Needham coming yep. up to uh, – or, excuse me, Thursday night Getting coming up to Stelos, yeah. And I haven't uh, – actually, it does look like this has been changed on the schedule, although not the location. Um, but I'm pretty sure that um, – you know, we I think we talked a couple weeks ago about the, you know the BG Pinkerton game being early this year, scheduled for April 16th at Pinkerton. Um, you know, but with the field can you know the field not being done at Pinkerton, what were they going to do? Uh, from the last I heard, they actually made that. Um, the girls are also playing Tuesday. They've made it a boys girls doubleheader that's going to be at Stellos. Um, not sure about the start time yet. I heard from someone that the girls are going to be starting at six and the boys after. Maybe be they'll a lot be of starting at way. quarter or six. North and Merrimack girls play a game at four there, so either way, it may not be starting until later. Um, but you know, if you got nothing to do next Tuesday, so you're telling me you're going to get three North Merrimack, North Merrimack girls at four, at four, and then BG Pinkerton girls after that, and then BG Pinkerton boys to cap off the night. Wow, that's that's I, a great night. You know, we right should there. probably check too what the weather's going to be like because uh, that's going to be if, if it's a nice, it's supposed to be a nice, nice day. Night, that's uh, that's a great day. That's I think I've, I think we've just figured out what you're doing on Tuesday out there, you know, <laughs> if you're in the Nashua area. Um, you know, what about uh, – Regardless, though, I think I think you're going to see Thursday, I think you, you're going to see, you know, that 17-8 that score from Bishop Girton. Um, you, you're going to see just how, how good they are on defense and how much the faceoff circle – can James Heitmiller uh, make the saves they need and, and get the turnovers they need to get them up into, into the offensive end and get that keep that high-powered offense going. Um, you know that'll be a, that'll be a good test for them. Next Tuesday, high of fifty five, mostly cloudy in Nashua. So perfect, perfect weather conditions uh, for lacrosse. Low, low of thirty eight, so it might be a little. It'll little be good cold. for the kids on the field, though. They'll be running around. So that'll be bring, fine. Bring your blankets, your winter hats. Yeah, it'll Wish be I'd a good done night. that tonight. That's <laughs> why it never leaves my car. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what about um? You know, I know it's a little tougher for some of them to play, but you know, early on this in the year. But Division Three, I know we had a couple games going um, this week, and you know, the one that kind of stood well, out a to me. Couple popped out um, to me actually. You know, Pelham hosts Plymouth on Tuesday, uh, gets up six nothing at halftime, ends up winning eleven to two. And that was kind of the team that we talked about in the beginning of the year that said, you know, maybe if there was someone that can knock off Hopkinton, Pelham might be that team to do it, and and that's an impressive score to me because I. I really respect the Plymouth program and, and know the type of kids that they bring out there. And so for Pelham to put up an 11-2 score for the first game of the year, you know, again, they don't have turf, and, and who knows how many times they've been out on a full field. Um, that, that's a great score for them. You know, and then, and then Laconia, uh, I believe, had a 15-5 lead or 15-4 lead on uh, Milford until late in that game, ended up winning 15-8. Um, you know, familiar, nice from from familiar names in the box score there, yep. Steele and Chason, and uh, you know it just seems like seems like the same same names get recycled over there. Well, throughout there the was years a, there was one. I, I, there was a Roy listed <coughs> in there, but it was not the not the Roy that everybody's used to um, <laughs> used to to seeing in there. I'm I'm drawing a blank on the first name. I believe it's. I'm not even gonna guess because I don't want to get it wrong. 
but, but still yeah, they, a, they, a great way for them to great yeah, way for them to open, start open the season. Year. Um, you know, so hopefully we'll have. I mean, so far only three games played in in all of Division Three. So well, and and then you know Trinity coming out and uh, Coach Martinez there. You know, not real, not not kind of playing sly, kind of probably trying to downplay his team a little bit, not not expecting too much. They come out with a fourteen nothing win over Bishop Brady. You know, that's a good way for them to start as well. So I kind of had them penciled in as maybe one of my final four picks uh, in Division Three as well this year, um, showing that they, they they've got they've got it rolling early. Uh, let's take a second to look over at the uh, the girls' side of things, and you know the not too many um, close games to start the year here. Um, you know, I think we've got the the top of the division playing against some of the the teams at the middle or, or bottom part of the division early on. Um, you know, Bedford scores 17 against Kennebunk, wins 17 nothing. Uh, BG opens with an 18-8 win over Central yesterday. Uh, I did not see that coming with the Kennebunk game. I, I thought that was going to be a much more competitive game. I mean, bravo to the Bedford for coming out like that. Um, we were, but I know the people I talked to, that was going to be, uh, you know, we had talked to um, – you know Bedford, and, and they were expecting a really good game there. So, uh, congratulations to them for that's a that's a statement win right there. Uh, you know another uh, another pair of big wins happening um, with Londonderry beating Concord fourteen to four. I am not sure how they played that game at either field. It says it was at Londonderry. Um, if they were actually able to get on that field that they've got and play yesterday in the or excuse me Tuesday in the snow, I'm I'm a little stunned. Um, today you got Nashua South going out to Keene. Getting a big 15 to three win there, um, you know, and then um, Pinkerton the other day on Monday was actually a pretty interesting one that I popped into. Um, you know, I got there about midway through the first half, and uh, Pinkerton was only up four to three on Nashua North, and North had the ball with the chance to tie the game, and ended up throwing one off the crossbar, getting the ball back, and just and then missing an o missing the net on another shot. And then next thing you know, it's, you know, Pinkerton scores a couple goals. It's 7-3. to three. At halftime, they come out in the second half, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, 15-3. to three. To me, uh, that comes down to depth. You know, yeah. it comes down to the number of girls you have in your program that, that play at a high level. And, you know, in high school, high school athletics, you can, get, you can get up for a quarter, you can get up for a half and, and if there, but then eventually you kind of get worn down if you're not controlling the ball. Um, but you know, you know, bravo to Nashville North for for stepping up and, and giving them a run. You know, and then uh, Sauhegan also getting a win uh, with an 18 nothing win Tuesday night in the snow uh, at home against Salem. Uh, so you know, the benefits of having turf. <laughs> um, you know, so the the teams that we kind of thought would be at the top of the standings picking up some wi early wins there. Um, yeah, you're right. Again, the teams that that um, have turf. Um, you know, clearly have that extra step on some of the other teams. You know, another um, result actually from today that I don't know if has been posted here yet. I'm not positive the final score off the top of my head, but I saw that um, what what I thought might have been a potential um, final four matchup in the in girls D2, uh, Portsmouth hosting Hanover, and uh, I want to say it was like a seven nothing Portsmouth lead at halftime. I know they ended up going on to win that game, but I'm not positive on what the final was. Um, but, you know, really impressive win um, for Portsmouth and, and a tough trip for, for Hanover to make, for either one of them to make going either way. Um, that's a, a, a long ride going from one across the state um, 
That is impressive. But again, you know, you know, talking to Ryan Gardner, the, the Hanover head coach on the boys' side, they really have not been able to use their field. They've, they've had a strip of ice going down the middle of their field. They haven't been on a full field yet. So we know that Hanover, the Hanover girls team has a lot of talent. It's, that's a team that probably you're going to want to keep an eye on as the t- season goes on. Oh, definitely, they'll, they'll yeah. get better and better, you know. Um, yeah, and they, they again, have one of the more challenging schedules, I think, uh, among the Division II girls teams. Um, you know, mostly road games to start the year. They're on the road for, what, one, two, eight of their first nine games, if I counted that correctly. Um, you know, going to Middlebury Union on Friday, they go two Winnicott, two Wyndham, two Londonderry, two BG, two Pinkerton um, over that stretch, and it's just, I mean, that's a that's it a. It could be a, a tough way one. to start, but then you look at the back half of their schedule. Um, you know, in theory, it's supposed to get easier, but they're they still have Portsmouth and Win- Wyndham at home again, Hollis, the Division Two runner-up from the year before. They've got Winnicott at home, so it's um, you know. Hanover, no doubt, has a lot of talent, but they they've got to make sure they get enough wins just to, to get into the into the playoffs and get get a high seed. Um, so that'll that that's a storyline to watch as the season goes on. There, uh, it was actually a, a fifteen to four win uh, for Portsmouth in that game. Sally Squire with five goals uh, to lead Portsmouth. Um, um, you know, they look like, or it's, at least it sounds like they're they're you know right picking up right where they left off. Uh, of course, they were supposed to open the year with, um, you know, probably a game, another one of those games that you wish you had later in the year with uh, Winnicunit on Monday or Tuesday, I believe. And that ended up getting postponed until next week. Um, or Actually, I believe, now that I'm looking at that, that got postponed to Sunday, which is kind of interesting that they'd be playing a Sunday game uh, this early in the year. But Let's uh, take a look at some other. Uh, d- have we got any scores from Division Three? Division Three girls were pretty. Were, it was pretty light. Um, Bo was able to open up. That was a team that I wanted to keep an eye on. They had. They've had a lot of talent over the last couple of years. They they went up to Lebanon or they they hosted Lebanon and won 11-5. Um, you know, a team that that has had a few girls and they were able to make a run. And then the team that. Um, you know, I actually I actually took a little heat from from my girls back at Derryfield, uh, Hopkinton there that that I said that was the preseason favorite. They they opened up at St. Thomas and won 18-11. So they've they've got a very high powered offense. Um, They're showing early in the season and and impressive. Um, I think for St. Thomas coming out or encouraging for them coming out and scoring 11 goals in that one. Um, you know, they were a team. St. Thomas was a team that you know based on what I'd heard was. Um, you know, maybe my pick for kind of a, a surprise run this year. You know, they got um, you know they got a big game actually from uh, Olivia Kimball in goal. She had 15 saves, so it sounds like Hopkinton really was uh, really just peppered the goal with shots. Here's here's a score. Here's a score for you to keep your eye on and find out if they're for real. They they play Pembroke plays Derryfield tomorrow at home. They put up a 21 to 10 score over Guilford today. So let's let's uh, let's keep an eye on that one and find out. Uh, you know, hosting Derryfield tomorrow, what kind of that? That's an imp- twenty-one goals. That's that's twenty-one impressive. goals for a team that struggled in Division Two last year and moved down to Division Three this year. So, yeah, that's a that's a lot um, for that situation. Um, very curious about <laughs> what exactly was going on there. Yeah. Um, any uh, any other final thoughts to before we wrap up this week? 
Well, we're hoping, you know, is the we'll, I think we'll have a lot more to talk about next week as things shake out. Um, you know, there's some good games, good games on the horizon, but, uh, you know, the weather did obviously did not help to, to kick off the season this week with the cold and the rain and everything like that. But uh, we know sunny days are, are coming to us, and we'll be complaining about the heat soon enough. So. Oh, you know it. When it's uh, 90 degrees on uh, on June 8th, we'll, uh, we'll be uh, – I don't know if we'll be wishing. I don't know if we'll be wishing for these days. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I'll be pretty happy to be in shorts. So, <laughs> all right. He is uh, Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Always a pleasure, Joe. I am Joe Marcellina. Uh, we'll talk to you next week.